I have one question for you. Are you ready to do your fertility journey differently? Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton, and this is the Studio Fertility Podcast, where each week I bring you real, actionable tips and strategies to help you get your mind from chaos to calm and your body from resistant to receiving. So if you want to feel better now and improve your fertility, let's do this. Hey everyone and welcome to the Studio Fertility Podcast. I'm your host Bella Hilton and I'm starting to be in disbelief that we're closing in on the end of the year. Can you believe it? I know it happens every year, right? And it always takes me by surprise. There are five weeks left, which I know for many of you listening might represent the final five weeks to make 2022 your game changer year, your plot twist, right? And I really hope it is, even though it's felt shitty up until now. Okay, sending you all the love for that, like because milestones like holidays, birthdays, end of year can often feel like that, right? Another year gone past. And I'll probably do a podcast about how to cope with all of that um, in a couple of weeks. But I know right now I'm not going to talk you out of feeling that way, but do try to be gentle with yourself over the next little while. I'd like to be able to change your mind on how you look at time. But let's get on to today's topic, which is actually very specific but I know many people out there probably had the same issue that I had when I went through my fertility journey and I wanted to cover it off. Um, And for everything I did um, and everything I did know and did research through my fertility journey, this is something that I've only been enlightened about recently, actually, through trial and error. You see, I could never get ovulation sticks or ovulation predictor kits to work for me. They just didn't work. And that was frustrating to say the least. Um, We have all these advances and home tests you can do and mine simply didn't work. Like I couldn't rely on them. I think I tried probably about three times in 10 years. Uh, So I didn't drive myself crazy with them. But those months that I did try them really rattled me to understand my ovulation and made me really second guess everything that I knew about my body without using those damn things. And I'm so glad that I gave them up so quickly because I think that they only serve to make me question my body when I didn't really need to question it. But yeah, I couldn't get those crazy things to work and you know, it really did a number on my brain. Like the smiley faces did not appear. That line never got dark enough to what it should be. And so I was never able to know for sure when was the right time to hunker down with my hunk (laughs) and get busy in the bedroom, right? And that, although I did, if I was listening to my body, which I always went back to doing um, and my intuition, but always with that question mark kind of, of, am I ovulating or not? Right. And, and, you know, that would get drowned out the more I walked away from OPKs. But this is where working with more accurate ways of testing, even if it costs a bit more, can give you a lot more peace of mind. But we'll get on to that in a minute. Um, I discovered these things along the way. So there are many reasons that ovulation tests might not work for you. Okay. For someone with polycystic ovaries, PCOS, a test may mark a surge of luteinizing hormone, LH, but ovulation may not happen. How frustrating is that? You get a peak, but you're not even ovulating, right? This happens a lot with PCOS. 
some women who have PCOS have persistently high levels of LH, you know, luteinizing hormone, I'm just going to call it LH, or multiple hormone peaks, right? Because they'll have multiple LH surges where ovulation doesn't end up occurring, right? It goes, oh, I think we're going to do this. Nah, nah, change my mind, <laughs> right? How frustrating. These factors can make ovulation testing really challenging in women with PCOS because the tests work by detecting surges in LH levels, right? And particularly when you've got a really long, um, irregular cycle, your cycles are going to be all over the place. So you're not even sure when to test. So another reason uh, that ovulation tests might not work for you, and I really don't want to freak you out with this one, um, with luteinization of an unruptured follicle, right? The level of luteinizing hormone is enough to be detected by a test, but the egg does not leave the ovary, right? I do want to stress that this happens to very few people. If you have a regular cycle, then you're most likely ovulating, and this is not the issue, right? And I had a very regular cycle. And I want to stress that that is easily overcome by very simple um, uh, things with fertility. For example, like if, if it was found that you weren't ovulating and you just needed that little push, it would just simply be injecting yourself with a trigger shot and, you know, Bob's your uncle or Jane's your aunt or whatever that expression is, right? And then you would overcome that um, so that's that one. Uh, now, what's the other one? If there are abnormalities in the hypothalamus, luteinizing hormone production can malfunction, right? The hormone level may be high, but ovulation does not occur, but they'd probably be consistently high, right? So it can be tricky for some to find the sweet spot to bed down or to trust that their body is doing what it should so you actually have a chance of conceiving, the other issue with ovulation tests or OPKs comes down to the sensitivity of them, right? They are not all made equal, you know, and pregnancy tests are not all made equal too. Found that out along the way. They will test at different levels, right? Be sense, you know, some are more sensitive than others. Um, and I only just found this out recently about OPKs, mainly because I just never bothered with them because they just didn't work for me. So the test strips differ in sensitivity, which is measured in international international units per liter, um, you know, IU slash L, right? So we'll just work with the numbers. This parameter indicates the minimum amount of luteinizing hormone that the test can detect in your actual urine, right? And these can be from 10 to 40 IU slash L, you know, um, but those are the numbers that from 10 to 40. Now, I decided to test out a very popular digital testing kit recently, which gives you actual numbers to work with, right? Not just smiley faces or second lines, right? And it, um, so none of that craziness. It actually gave me real numbers. And I was doing this for um, other reasons, but I also wanted to test it out. And that's when I learned that a lot of OPKs are set for, you know, when the smiley face um, comes on or the, the second line is dark enough or whatever it is, it's set for about 20. And that's the baseline, right? Because the majority of women fall into the category 
where, and I think, I think it's, you know, we say majority, but I'm saying 80% of women will fall into the category where their luteinizing hormone will surge above that 20 mark. And that's when like 24 to 36 hours later, when they'll ovulate, right? Um, And this is what this app had set it for as well. But 20%, and that's a good chunk, right? 20% of women have surges that are less than 20. And guess what? It's still normal. (laughs) There's so many things that are outside the norm, but still normal in fertility, right? And guess what? Mine was less than 20. But this app also married it up with my estrogen surge too. So it showed exactly when I ovulated and it lined up beautifully with what I know about my body already, right? I've never actually needed to take OPKs because I know when I ovulate without it, right? Uh, The cervical mucus is obvious, plus I can most of the time feel it. (laughs) So yeah, there's that. I know that's strange, but yes. um, And there have definitely been times in my life where I could really feel it to the point where it actually um, popped, which is totally weird to know about my body. But yes, that was me. Um, And it's very regularly around the same days, give or take. And my uh, boobs actually always get a bit heavier and a bit sore the day after or the day of ovulation. So I had many, many signs. And I'm sure there's some other ones too that I'm forgetting right now. But those were my signs that I never really actually needed to take these OPKs or to not trust my body. But we get a little bit anxious on the fertility journey and we reach for things and we want to know and we go, well, am I not even ovulating? Maybe I'm, you know, having this regular period, but not ovulating, um, which is, you know, generally not the case. Now, also from another perspective, I was also able to establish all of this, like when my ovulation um, and signs lined up when I was going through IVF, because I did a frozen embryo transfer once, um, more than once, I think, but (laughs) that followed, but this one followed my natural cycle completely. Okay. So they had to track when I ovulated based on my luteinizing hormone so they could do the transfer five days after I naturally ovulated. And again, it lined up with all the signs that my body gives me. But that's me. Let's talk about you. I know women who have absolutely no idea when they ovulate or have PCOS or something like that, which makes it very tricky to pinpoint ovulation because they have irregular cycles or long cycles, or they simply are not able to notice any of the subtle signs of ovulation in their body and they can't get OPKs to work for them, right? That's incredibly frustrating. When am I ovulating? And personally, I think it's important to have more clarity around when you ovulate. Number one, so you know that you can trust your body and the signs it might be giving you So you can actually stop all the testing and settle into trusting yourself and your body, right? And give your brain the room to bring other joys in rather than tracking everything all the time. Number two, so you don't waste time mucking around, right? I had a friend once who was having trouble conceiving and it just turned out that she was ovulating on day nine of her cycle. So each month she was really missing the window of um, her fertility because she thought it happened around day 14, okay? So she needed to get busier a bit earlier in her cycle and then she got pregnant quite easily. 
And three, for people with PCOS, so that you know that you even have an opportunity to get pregnant. I've worked with many women with PCOS and one in particular comes to mind with her very long regular cycles. And basically, she just didn't have the opportunity many times a year to actually become pregnant, right? That's frustrating. And so with a little help via letrozole, she was pregnant after two months because then she was ovulating more regularly. So it's important to know when you ovulate. So if you don't know when you're ovulating, if you don't have that peace of mind, if you don't have that clarity and you can't get ovulation tests to work for you, here is what I would do. I would get that peace of mind, (laughs) right? And I would not panic. First off, I would not panic. Most likely you are ovulating, particularly if you have a regular cycle, Okay, if you don't have a regular cycle, you should probably be going to get checked out, start working with your doctor or a specialist. Now, how you go about getting that peace of mind around ovulation is completely up to you. So, like I said, there are devices on the markets these days, on the markets, on the market these days that will track your luteinizing hormone, estrogen, pedestrine for you with real number values right? They test your urine, but they give you real number values, which can be really helpful. These kinds of tests are usually more expensive. Yes, they're usually an investment than your regular box of OPKs, but it will give you a lot more clarity, right? And it's a small investment to be able then to lean into more trust within yourself. Now that's an at-home option and that makes it really accessible and really easy. Uh, The other thing that I would do if that was not the way you wanted to go, sometimes this next option can be actually cheaper depending on what country you're in, uh, whether your blood tests will be reimbursed and things like that. So the other thing I would do is to ask your doctor to do an ovulation tracking cycle with you for three months, right? Uh, now you need to look into that maybe you can only do that with specialists in your country I'm not sure you have to work out what's possible but tracking your cycle via blood tests for three months will give you a more complete picture of your cycle and show you any patterns too where you won't be able to get it from a one-off cycle okay It will show you when to double down in the bedroom and when not to with more accuracy and allow you to notice, the signs in your body too, so you can build in more confidence or even help you to get pregnant, right? (laughs) Not just the confidence, could even help you to get pregnant. Now, can I just say this? Many people tell me, oh, I've got this app or that app that actually tracks the information, you know, that I put into it and that tells me my fertile window, right? It's actually only relying on information that you put into it, like when your last period was, when your next period is and maybe some cervical mucus information and stuff like that. Here's why I want to say to that. It does not accurately tell you your fertile window. What it does is it makes an educated guess based on generalizations across many women, right? Now, you might find out that it lines up perfectly. And actually, yes, it does. It accurately tells you when your fertile window is Or you might find out that it is off by a margin, right? It's doing its best to work it out, um, but it may not be completely accurate. Actual numbers or blood tests will tell you accurately what the picture is. 
Now, I tell you all of this so you can be informed. If you don't know when you're ovulating and if you can't get OPKs to work for you, then I think it's perfectly reasonable to go down these paths. Information is power in these situations, right? Where information is not power in this situation, though, is when we just get obsessed by these apps and don't learn to trust our bodies when we already know when we're ovulating and things like that. Okay, so even if you go down this path because you don't know when you're ovulating and things like that, um, this is quite apart from PCOS. I know that's that's really a different kettle of fish. You might need to continue testing. Um, But for people who just don't know when they're ovulating, can't get OPKs to work, you really need to get that information first, but then you need to help it to help you to trust yourself so you can let go of the testing, right? That constant kind of testing, it can be something that we grip onto too tightly that can cause us a lot of stress on the fertility journey. I hope today has given you some great information so you can get to a place where you can trust your body, trust your intuition and feel more comfortable about your body and its fertility, right? I'm sending you all so much love today and I'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Studio Fertility Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you can make sure you know when the next episode drops. And you can find other episodes right now at studiofertility.com slash podcast. And of course, if you know of anyone else that would benefit from this podcast, make sure you share it with them and pay it forward. We are all in this together. Make sure too that you give us a five-star rating to help others find this podcast. And let me know how this podcast has benefited you by leaving a review so I can continue to deliver more great content that I know you want and need. And if you're starting to find that your infertility journey is getting the best of you, please head over to my website at studiofertility.com slash meditation. And you can get instant access to a week of learning all about meditation, hypnosis, and visualization, how to use each one, and how they benefit you, and of course, some actual tracks to start to calm your nervous system. Each day, you will receive a short video and an awesome meditation, hypnosis, or visualization that you can do in your own time. And of course, access to those tracks for whenever you need them. Just head to studiofertility.com slash meditation to find out more. And I'll see you next time on the podcast.